0: Section Two of the Empresses of Constantinople. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Empresses of Constantinople by Joseph McCabe. Chapter One Part Two Verena and Her Daughters. In November 475, Zeno fled across the water to Chalcedon. Ships were kept for such emergencies at the foot of the gardens, so that an imperial family might be well on the way to the Asiatic shore, before an enemy could break through the hedge of guards. Zeno, protesting that his life was threatened by Verena's servants, fled precipitately, since he left Ariadne under the power of her mother. It seems that Verina virtually imprisoned her daughter, but Ariadne escaped and joined her husband. From the coast they travelled in a common cart to the wild fastnesses of Isoria, from which another turn of the wheel will presently recall them to the glittering palace. Zeno had been morose and unpopular, and it had not been difficult for Verina to detach the senators and troops from him. They had, however, no mind to accept the virtual role of Verina herself by putting her paramour on the throne, and to her great mortification they summoned her discredited brother Basiliscus from his exile in Thrace and clothed him with the purple. The change brings on the scene a third empress, Zenonis, who was made Augusta by her husband as soon as he was crowned. We have hardly time to make much acquaintance with Zenonis during the brief splendor of her husband's reign, but her momentary appearance is not without romance. Passionately devoted to the more philosophical religious sect, which maintained that there was but one nature in Christ, she pressed her husband to espouse its cause and restore its persecuted members. Constantinople was soon aflame with religious controversy. Zenonus secured the return from exile and appointment as patriarch of alexandria of timotheus Elorus timotheus gathered all the scum of alexandria the orthodox historian says that could be found in constantinople and conducted them in procession to the church of st sophia but how timotheus fell off his ass to the delight of constantinople and how peter the fuller was summoned to fill the sea of antioch and how basiliscus wrung money out of the wealthy orthodox churches must be read in the pages of ecclesiastical history zenonis was impelling her husband to his doom a much less serious defect in Zenonis, from the Constantinopolitan point of view, was that she united with her zeal for the Monophysite faith a genial disregard of its moral implications. A nephew of her husband, named Harmatius, rapidly became one of the most luxurious fops of the city. His lavishly spent wealth, his lovely hair and pink cheeks and handsome person, and his reputation for gallantry, made him the idol of the frequenters of the Hippodrome. Basiliscus made him prefect of the city, and he delighted its lower populace by moving amongst them in the shining armor of Achilles. Duty frequently called him to court, and his charms conquered the susceptible empress, for some time they sighed and crossed fiery glances as they met in the open chambers or corridors but at length the eunuch daniel and the midwife maria were bribed to facilitate their desire such at least was the belief of constantinople and the power of basiliscus was further shaken his next fatal mishap was to quarrel with verina he had her lover Patricius assassinated, and the enraged empress began at once to pay further gold to buy back the allegiance of senators and officers to Zeno. The zeal of Basiliscus for his heresy had now completely alienated the people and embittered the clergy. He had ventured to send officers into the churches to prescribe the great Council of Chalcedon, which had condemned the heresy and the city was profoundly agitated vast crowds of men women and children shouted their orthodox hymns in the street and filled the black draped churches when basiliscus angrily left the city for a distant palace the saintly daniel descended from his pillar followed him and spoke to him in very plain language in these circumstances Verina was encouraged to further her plan, and the news soon reached Constantinople that Zeno had left the mountains of Isoria and was in command of an army. Two generals, Illus and Trocundus, were sent against him and were bought by him. The very meagre chronicles now indicate a desperate struggle between Basiliscus and his sister. The emperor began to trace the plot and execute the plotters, and Verina fled for her life to the sanctuary of St. Sophia. We shall see often enough how frail a protection the law of sanctuary afforded against the anger of an emperor. But Hermatius, who seems to have despised his lover's husband, helped her to escape, and she seems either to have crossed to Asia or concealed herself. Armatius himself was now sent against the rebels swearing the most solemn oath of fidelity to basiliscus that the clergy could devise he straightway sold his services to zeno for the promise of a caesarship for his son and the perpetual command of the armies for himself the career of the romantic zenonis then came to a rapid and tragic close As the troops of Zeno marched into the city, Basiliscus and his empress fled to the church of St. Sophia, and endeavored, by promises of undoing their heretical work, to induce the clergy to make Zeno respect the sanctuary. After a time, an imperial officer came to the trembling wretches by the altar, and stripped them of all their imperial ensigns, to be taken to Zeno and Ariadne zeno scrupled to drag them from the altar and they were at last induced to come forth on the solemn assurance that their lives would be spared it was now their turn to sail for asia they were sent to an obscure village in cappadocia and imprisoned in a tower one tradition reports that they were killed on the journey but the more persistent and convincing report is that the door of the tower was sealed with masonry, and the brother of Verena and his empress were doomed to a slow and horrible death by starvation. It was the second revolution in three years, and Verina had been an active element in both. Exile had not improved the temper of Zeno, and the restoration of his rule was at once stained with murder he reflected gloomily on the prestige of the handsome harmatius and easily persuaded himself that he who had been faithless to one master might be faithless to another soon afterwards the luxurious officer was cut to pieces as he ascended the spiral stair from the palace to the hippodrome his son was stripped of the robes and ensigns of caesar and was sent to take a minor order of the church at Blackernay. But for the intervention of the more humane Ariadne, the youth would, like his father, have exchanged his high dignity for death. Constantinople seems to have regarded the murder with indifference, but an avenger arose in the provinces, and the two empresses had soon grave cause for anxiety. For a time Constantinople trembled under the menace of the formidable barbarians, but they at length returned to italy without having penetrated into the city a more serious danger fell upon the palace in the following year however when the younger daughter of verina joined for a moment in the conflict of ambitions leontia it will be remembered had married marcian son of the western emperor anthemius on the ground that she had been born in the porphyry while her elder sister ariadne had been born before the crowning of Leon, her husband demanded that the empire should be assigned to him and marched on constantinople at the head of an army he broke through the defences of the city and some of the chroniclers actually assure us that he surprised the guard of the palace in their midday siesta it is at least certain that zeno and the empresses fled in alarm and a vigorous action would have put Verena's younger daughter on the throne. Marcian seems, however, to have postponed the occupation of the palace until the following day, and the commander Illus, secretly transporting fresh troops from Asia, restored the balance in favor of Zeno and Verena. Marcian was visited with the more refined punishment of the Byzantine world. He was forced to enter the priesthood, and leontia retired into obscurity but the romance of verina and her daughters had already entered upon a fresh chapter verina had welcomed her returning son-in-law at the palace and her earlier expulsion of him and ariadne was overlooked in view of the important share she had had in securing their return we can however well understand that zeno regarded her with suspicion and distrust and would welcome the first opportunity to remove her from the palace. The argument which he had applied so remorselessly to Hermatius plainly extended to his imperial mother-in-law. The writers of the time represent him as not taking a prominent part in the events that followed, but it is difficult to doubt that his secret commands directed the whole intrigue. In the year 478, a soldier attempted to assassinate the commander Ilus, and he confessed, under torture or bribery, that he had been instructed by Verena's steward, Epinicius. The steward was given into the custody of Ilus by the emperor, and was sent under guard to a castle in Osoria. Ilus followed, and easily induced the steward to impeach his mistress. Illus then returned to the city and arranged with Zeno a plot for the capture of Verena. It is clear that the Empress's mother had great power in Constantinople and that they dare not openly touch her. Illus was to go to Isoria and pretend that he feared danger from Zeno. The Emperor was then to ask Verina to take to Illus with her own hand a letter of indemnity and when she reached Isoria, she was to be imprisoned there. We should find it difficult to believe that so naive a plot could entrap the virile and experienced empress were we not expressly assured of it by the highest authorities. In a few weeks Verena was enraged to find herself imprisoned in a Papyrian fortress, one of the strongly fortified castles of remote Isoria. One authority observes that they first compelled her to take the vows of a nun, but we may decline to believe that they troubled to place so frail and so superfluous a chain on such a woman. From the lonely hills of Isoria, Verena at length found a means of communicating with Ariadne and securing her interest. Zeno, to whom Ariadne appealed, referred her to Illus, and when that general was summoned to the empress's apartments and implored with tears to release her mother he bluntly asked do you want to be rid of your husband and wed another ariadne returned stormily to her husband and declared that either illis or she must leave the palace if you can do anything i'm with you said the distracted emperor who was overshadowed by the vigorous commander Presently, as Ilus was mounting the spiral stair to the Hippodrome, a soldier in the pay of Ariadne's chamberlain fell upon him. Ilus was saved, except for the loss of an ear, by his guards, but he prudently decided that Constantinople was injurious to his health, and requested the emperor for a change of air. He was appointed commander of the eastern troops, took with him the patrician Leontius and a distinguished company, and reached Antioch only to declare himself in rebellion and Leontius emperor. In the extraordinary confusion of events which the meagre chronicles transmit to us, Verena had obtained her wish in an unexpected manner, a messenger came to her in her solitary prison to say that she was to crown leontius at the city of tarsus and join forces with him and illus against zeno Verina was not the woman to hesitate she crowned leontius a cultivated syrian noble and excellent soldier at tarsus and issued a characteristic letter to the officials and commanders of the empire verina augusta greeting to our prefects and christian peoples you know that the empire is ours and that after the death of our husband leo we trusting to improve the condition of the commonwealth raised to the throne trascelesius who was afterwards called zeno now however since we perceive that he is deteriorating and on account of his insatiable avarice we have thought it needful to give you a christian emperor adorned with piety and justice that he may save the commonwealth and administer war with moderation and prudence we have therefore bestowed the imperial crown on leontius most pious of romans who will guard us all with care and prudence the throne of Leontius was set up at Antioch, and the aged empress turned with her confederates to face Zeno's troops. It was to be the last act of the stirring drama of her life. Zeno acted with unaccustomed vigor, and in a few days Verina and her companions were flying to Isoria. They shut themselves in the Papyrian fortress and prepared to sustain a long siege. In the middle of the siege, Verena died, and was spared the humiliation of the final defeat. Four years afterwards, the heads of Illus and Leontius were exhibited on poles at Constantinople, but the body of Verena was decently interred there by her daughter. The loss of contemporary historians prevents us from obtaining the closer acquaintance with Verena, which her romantic story leads us to desire of her personal appearance and nationality we know nothing one is tempted to conceive her as a syrian woman of the type of zenobia or julia domna a virile and masterful personality ambitious and unscrupulous subtle and astute rather than cultivated paying no more than a merely external and superficial regard to the teaching of the new religion of the roman world it remains to say a few words about the Empress Ariadne before we consider the next great empress of the Byzantine world. In the few peaceful years which followed the death of Verina, life at the palace became somber and painful. Zeno was morose, suspicious and unpopular, and increased the gloom by the usual device of executing or murdering suspects. Their only son came to a lamentable end. The officials in charge of his education felt that it would be more profitable to themselves to teach him vice and luxury rather than the manly arts which his parents required, and he was profoundly corrupted. His ostentatious vanity invited ridicule, and his indulgence in unnatural vice and intemperance ruined his constitution. He fell an early victim to dysentery, and his father plunged into deeper bitterness amid the splendors and pleasures of his palace. Ariadne must have awaited the end with impatience, and it is not improbable that she already chose a partner to share her throne. Popular rumor afterwards said that she buried Zeno alive. It was said that he used to fall into a kind of trance after his gluttonous meals, and that Ariadne in disgust bade the servants seal him in a tomb. The legend even represents him as recovering and crying in vain to be relieved, and one version pretends that, when the tomb was eventually opened, he was found to have eaten his boots and belt the truth seems to be that he was subject to epileptic fits one of which ended his life in april four ninety one ariadne at once nominated for the empire a peasant of northern greece who had a very subordinate position in the military service of the palace a tall handsome man though one of his eyes was gray and the other almost black of strong quiet character He seems to have been chosen by Ariadne as her future husband before Zeno died. He was unmarried though past middle age. One of Ariadne's eunuchs secured the consent of the senators to the strange nomination, and Anastasius obtained the applause of the people by remitting their debts to the treasury. The only opposition came from the patriarch, or archbishop, who had in earlier years been compelled to prevent Anastasius from setting up an unofficial pulpit in the streets of the city and teaching his favorite heresy. Anastasius genially forswore his heresy for so high a price, was at once crowned emperor, and married Ariadne on the fortieth day after the burial of Zeno. Docile and clinging as Ariadne had been in her earlier years, she fully reveals herself as the daughter of Verena in her middle life. But the twenty-five years of life which remained for her are years of obscurity as far as the Empress is concerned, and we will not linger over them. Storm after storm broke over the palace where she lived, but she seems to have taken no part in public events." The Isaurians marched on the city to demand the throne for the brother of Zeno, and a long struggle ended in the complete destruction of the power of the Isaurians. Then Anastasius returned to his monophysite heresy, and the streets of the city and towns of the empire rang with defiance and anathema. On one occasion, in 512, the mob burned the monasteries which Anastasius favored, and so angrily assailed the palace that the ships were made ready at the quays to conduct Ariadne and her husband to Asia. Anastasius had been guilty of the additional indiscretion of attempting to reform the morals of Constantinople, and forbidding contests with wild beasts in the arena. Ariadne lived until the year 515 or 516, when she must have been about seventy years old. So completely was she overshadowed by her second husband that the only reference we find to her in the Chronicles is that on one occasion she begged Anastasius to make a certain appointment, and he refused. End of section two.